Hi, little D's. Welcome back to Barely Bearable. A lot has happened. Oh my god, a lot has happened. Um, welcome back to the show. I'm Danny Romanello. I'm here to take you on your 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 D journey. I'm your D journey. Um, what can I talk about? Um, let's see. I went on a date the other day. We could talk about that. First of all, I met him on Hinge. It's a dating app. Um so first of all, I thought he ghosted me originally because he didn't respond to me in over 24 hours. So I was like, okay, I guess we're not going on the date and I don't chase people. That's something I'm not doing. So um, he finally texted me and was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I forgot to respond to you. Um, do you still want to go on that date? I said, sure. I re- you know, I already planned for it. So, you know, and I, I was bored. So um, I met up with him. And right off the bat, I'm like, wow, this guy's this guy's hot. He's so cute. I'm into it. We start walking to the park to Christopher Street Pier. It's a like a nice park on the Hudson River. And I was like, Do you believe all these people that are jogging without wearing masks? And he was like, Um, I don't see the point in wearing masks when you're jogging. And I was like, right off the bat, I'm like, What do you mean? Like you're breathing heavy. You're breathing on people. People are breathing on you. He's like, well, I had COVID in March. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. I almost, I almost fucking walked away from the day. Then I was like, you know what? You're here. Do it for the story. <laughs> you know? So, um, it was awkward at first because I kind of, I kind of roasted him. I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. So we get to the, the park and we, you know, we, we're having a good time for the most part. We have champagne. I sit six feet. I sit like five feet away. I know. I, I tried to do my best to social distance, but sometimes it's hard. I was irresponsible. So I did sit like five feet away from him. And um, we're talking and he was like, how was, how was dating during quarantine? I was like, you know, I've been trying my best to go on dates with people and, you know, making the best out of the situation. Then he was, then he, he gets sexual like right away. He goes, "Well, when's the last time you had sex?" I was like, "I'm not, I'm not answering that." He's like, "Well, uh, for me, it was like a couple of weeks ago." I'm like, "Oh my god, already!" Like my clam just dried up. I'm like, "I don't want to." Like, who talks about that on a date? I think it's very unattractive. Call me old school. I'm an old school Italian lady. You don't talk about that on a date. So then, oh my god, family, friends turn this off if you don't want to hear it this is graphic this is a very graphic thing he goes i bet you you're super tight and i'm like oh my fucking god so at this point i'm like you know what do this for the story you know like stay on this date for the story because i'm like i'm not interested in him but although a part of me was like you know what he kind of looks like one of my high school bullies (laughs) so i'm like this would be an interesting story, you know, but, um, I was, I was really turned off by him because the way he was talking and it was just, it was gross. Oh my God. I'm, I'm dying. So at, at, one, <laughs> at one point I was like, Oh, so what are your hobbies? And this, <laughs> this motherfucker says to me, he goes, I enjoy eating ass and I'm really good at it. I was like, I was thinking like, oh, I sing, I do this, I enjoy, you know, I write. No, I enjoy eating out dudes, eating out 
sweaty butts but it's like that's cool if that's your thing like more power to you like maybe we would get there if you know you played your cards right but he showed all of his cards and let me tell you i was not interested in all of his cards they were all laid out there for everyone to see so man so then um we we left there and we went to a bar an outside restaurant Danny, why the fuck are you still on this date? Like, there's several red flags, bitch. Several. Pack your shit up and fucking drive home. Get away from this creep. Why the fuck are you still on this date? Okay, in my defense, I'm doing it for content for my podcast. So, like I said, this is great content. So I was like, you know what? Just stay here and just... Let's let's see where this goes. Oh my god, I forgot to tell you guys this part. Jesus Christ. He was like, "Oh, you you're really into true crime." I was like, "Yeah, it's, I love it. I I listen to so many podcasts about true crime." And he goes, "Are you ready for this?" Like, I'm literally speechless. I should have left right then, but like I said, do it for the story. He says, "Oh, well, I I just I just fucked um a really smart criminal psychologist we're friends but we just had sex the other day and he was really great i'm like what the fuck like who talks about that so i kind of let it roll off and i was like okay i'm like not into this but we go and get a drink and um he tells me about his life obviously he grew up very religious so you know he's probably making up for lost time you know because i feel like he he grew up very oppressed and that's what people like that usually do when they move to a big city. You know, they're oppressed their whole lives and they just, you know, they drown in dick. That's what they, they do. It's true. And honestly, I don't blame him. I actually feel really bad for him. What else? I feel like I'm I'm sex shaming. I'm not sex shaming. I'm just saying like, you know, there's some things you don't talk about on a first date, you know? Like, if you eat ass, more power to you. Call me up. You know what I'm saying? But, like, don't advertise it on a first date. I think it's just classless and just this nasty. Like, don't talk about that. Am I crazy? Are you guys interested in this? I don't know what the fuck. I mean, girl, I'm here talking about it. So sit back and enjoy this. Jesus Christ. So we go to the next location. We go to a bar next to his apartment. It just so happens to be next to his apartment in the West Village. And um, at this place, you have to order a drink and a, uh, some sort of food item. So we're like, okay, let's. I'm going to get a Moscow Mule. He got a Moscow Mule. And they were like, well, you have to order some kind of food. So I was like, oh, he ordered this dessert. And um, we're kind of sitting like across from each other like like trying to be socially distant then um we're sharing a dessert halfway through i realized oh my god we're sharing a dessert like great it's funny because i was doing my best to be you know socially distant and you know saying i have to sit over here blah 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 and of course you know it comes down to chocolate you know and i end up taking the chocolate <laughs> so stupid so anyway um we're having a good time. Like overall, I, I, he was very nice, but I just, I wasn't into it. So we're talking, we're having a good time. And he goes, so what are you doing after this? I was like, oh, I have no plans. I'm probably going to go home after this. He goes, well, my apartment's down the street. If you want to come over and watch a movie. 
I was like, come on. Like, what, what, are you, what are you getting at? And he's like, what? And he starts blushing. He goes, I, he goes, you know, I tried to shoot my shot. I was like, yeah, you did. But, um, I just wasn't into it. So then he ends up walking me to my car and, um, I parked in front of the row where the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen have their headquarters for their, their, their brand, the row. And, um, I remember the paparazzi always get photos of them smoking cigarettes outside their office. So I was like, you know what? I need a photo over here. So I was like, can you take a photo of me over here? And he's like, you want me to what? I was like, yeah, you heard me. I want you to take a photo of me and I'm going to pretend to smoke this fake cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he took it and then I was like, okay, it was nice meeting you. He goes, you're not going to give me a kiss. And I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't kiss on the first date. I just was not, I wasn't into it. I mean, and, and we're in a pandemic. It's just like, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't there. Um, I like Hinge because I, I find more people are willing to go on dates with you. Like, I feel like Tinder is fuckboy central. Scruff and Grinder are just for penetration. So I find Hinge, I've had the most success with it. So, um, it's fucking hard dating in a pandemic. It really is. It's just like, it's fucking miserable. So, but all my friends who are married and, you know, in long-term relationships, they're like fucking enjoy it. Cause they're like, they're quarantined with their spouses and, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends. So, um, I do like being alone at the moment, but, um, like I said, it would be nice to meet someone. I talk about this all the time, but, um, I'm not like raring for it. Is that the word raring? I'm not like begging for it, but um, it would be nice if it came, came along. So I will keep you guys posted with my hinge journey. So we're in October, you know, we're first week of October. I'm here for the spooky shit. Um, this is the second episode of the spooky shit. So um, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about urban legends well famous urban legends that you probably heard as a kid and i'm going to talk about some urban legends that were based on fact or roughly based on fact so um sit back and enjoy the show so the first urban legend we're going to talk about is cropsy i have never heard of this but i heard different versions of this um, let's see. So the, this legend takes place on Staten Island, which is in New York City. We call it the Forgotten Borough of Staten Island. Um, Cropsey was rumored to be a homicidal maniac. Uh, he escaped from a mental institution. And oh, for a fun fact, he has a hook for a hand. So I'm sure you definitely heard different versions of this. So he supposedly lives in the ruins of the old Seaview Hospital. And the legend says he loves to hunt children at night and drag them with his hook down the tunnel system that leads leads uh, back to the hospital. Let's see. Um, this is fucked up. Parents used to frighten their kids into being good, saying that Cropsy will get you if you're not good. Um, but this is the creepy part. But then in the 1980s, children of Staten Island were actually going missing. And Cropsey had come to life, essentially. Um, and a homicidal maniac was actually killing little children. His name was Andre Rand. 
you probably heard of him. So he worked at a, as a janitor at a local school. Fucking creepy. Um, he was arrested in connection with the di- disappearance of a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome. Piece of shit. And at the time of the disappearance, Rand was homeless and living on the grounds of the Seaview Hospital, which is so creepy. So that's where the Cropsey legend comes from, I suppose, of this murderer actually living there. Um, so Jennifer's body was found a month after her disappearance in a shallow grave by the hospital where the drifter was living. Uh, Rand was charged with her murder eventually. Um, Rand already had a long rap sheet of crimes against children. In 1969, he was sentenced for 16 months in jail for attempting to sexually assault a nine-year-old. In 1983, he went to jail again for kidnapping a bus full of children. So he took them and bought them White Castle and brought them to the airport to watch the planes. He supposedly didn't do anything with them, but that's creepy and I'm sure he thought about it. That's like a playground for him. Here are all the kids he's supposedly murdered. Um, It was never proven, but all these kids went missing in the same time. So Alice Peria, she was five years old, who disappeared in 1972. Holly Ann Hughes was seven, who disappeared in 1981. She was last spotted with Raid the day of the disappearance. 11-year-old Tyson Jackson, who disappeared in 1983. Hank Garofalo, a mentally disabled 22-year-old that was last seen with Raid at a diner in 1984. And this day, none of the bodies, I'm sorry, to this day, none of the bodies were found. He is not eligible for parole till ni- till 2037 when he will be, uh, he'll be 93 years old. So that's the story with, you know, Cropsy, but I will tell you the original urban legends. So the original hook one, there's two of them, so I'll tell you both. So the first one was uh, this boy picks up this girl from her house to go to the movies. Um, they, well, they tell their parents, at least, that they're going to go to the movies. Well, they don't. They end up going to Lover's Lane to hook up. So then they're they're there hooking up, and um, the radio's on, and they hear that a homicidal, I can't say that word, homicidal maniac escaped from a mental institution and he has a hook for a hand. So she is creeped out and he was like, it's fine, it's fine. The doors are locked. I'm sure he's not here. So then they start making out again and then they hear a scratching at the door. Like that. Yeah, I just made the noise. I'm painting the picture. And um, she was like, listen, I, I really want to go home. And he's just like horny and like kind of like annoyed. So he's like, fine, I'll take you home. So um, he drives her home. She gets out. She turns around and she screams. He gets out of the car like, what are you screaming about? There's the hook on the door handle. So that's the original hook story. But then there's another one that I I, I forgot about. So similar thing happens. Um, there couple, there's a couple hooking up in the woods at Lo- Lover's Lane, but it's very desolate. And sure enough, the radio comes on saying, warning everybody that there's a homicidal maniac out there who escaped from the mental institution with a hook for a hand. And she was like, oh no, fuck this. And she was like, we need to go home. He's like, come on, let's just stay here. She's like, no, I, I really want to go home. 
Motherfucker starts the car. Doesn't work. Tries to start it. Doesn't work. She's like all nervous. And he's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. She's like, well, we need to get out of here. He's like, okay, I'll, there's a gas station down the road. Just stay here. She's like, you want me to stay here? He goes, yeah, just stay here. Hide under the blanket. Hide under on the floor and I'll be back. You'll know it's me if I knock twice. So sure enough, an hour goes by. He's not there. Two hours go by. He doesn't come back. Three hours go by. He's still not there. On the fourth hour, she's woken up to a two knocks, essentially. And then she she starts to pop her head up and she hears a third one. She's like, I know that's not him. Like he said, it was two knocks. And then it keeps knocking, keeps knocking, keeps knocking. And she's terrified. She just stays up and she ends up falling asleep. She's woken up in the early, early morning to a police officer knocking on the door. And he's like, get out of the car. Are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. My, my boyfriend hasn't come back. He's like, you need to get out of the car. So he takes her. He's like, whatever you do, do not look behind you. Sure enough, she looks behind her to find her boyfriend hanging by his neck. His his feet were dragging on the car hood, on the, well, the roof of the car. That's what she was hearing. He was murdered. So that was the story that I was told. Um, I'm sure you've heard one of these versions. So let's go to the next one, shall we? One of my favorite urban legends and the urban legend that scared the shit out of me as a kid has to be the babysitter. This is the urban legend of urban legends. I mean, it's the probably the most famous one. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you the story. A babysitter is at someone's house watching TV. The kids are upstairs in bed. It's probably nine o'clock at night. The parents aren't coming home till later because they're, they're going to dinner and a show. And the parents said, we'll probably be home by one. So it's probably nine. She gets a phone call and it's someone laughing on the phone and hangs up. She gets another phone call. It's someone breathing very heavy saying, have you checked the children? Creeped out, you know, very creeped out. She makes sure all the doors are locked and she's like, you know, I don't want to open the door because if I wake up the kids, they're just going to be hyper and I'm not going to be able to put them back to sleep. So she decides not to check them. Again, someone calls, have you checked the children? She's really creeped out this time and she hangs up and she's kind of like sitting there with with a butcher knife waiting for him to call back. He finally calls back again and she says, what do you want? And he says, I want your blood all over me. Creeped out, very creeped out. She calls the police. And by the way, this is before cell phones, so she couldn't call, you know, the parents. She did call the restaurant, but they weren't there anymore. The The parents weren't there. So she's creeped out, calls the police, and they're like, hey, did, did he threaten you? She was like, yeah, he's really creeping me out. And like, well, try to keep him on the line for more than for, for more than five seconds, and we could trace the call. Sure enough, he calls back, and he's like, she's like, what do you want? He's laughing hysterically for five seconds on the phone, hangs up. At this point, Kelly is crying hysterically. Sure enough, the phone rings again. What do you want? She screams on the phone. 
it's Officer Edwards on the phone. He goes, Kelly, it's Officer Edwards. The call is coming from inside the house. He's in the house. You need to leave the house immediately. She drops the phone. She hears someone running upstairs. She runs to the door. She opens it, and the police are right there. The police go inside, and they got him. This guy killed the kids. He ripped them apart with his bare hands. So that's the babysitter story. You probably heard of it. You probably won't ever babysit um, again, but I'm going to tell you the actual story that it's based on. It's really fucked up. Saturday, March 18th, 1950, Jeanette Crisman was invited to a dance with all her friends, but she decided to make some money and she went to go babysit. She arrived at the Romax residence around 7.30. Uh, the couple recently had moved there. It's very rural. Um, when Jeanette arrived, the mom said, don't even worry about little baby Greg. He is sleeping. He'll give you no trouble. So then prior to leaving, the father taught Jeanette how to load a shotgun in case everything happens. So he placed it by the door. Um, as they were leaving, the parents said, "The just put lock the front door and put the porch light on and everything will be fine. At 10.35 p.m., police got a call from a young girl screaming help. The 911 operator asked what was wrong and she yelled, please come quick. The phone... Um, the phone dropped and he could just hear her screaming and he couldn't get to her. The call was too short to provide a trace, um, of where she was or any kind of information. Uh, Miss Romack called the house just to check on her and the son. No one answered, but she thought that, you know, since it was late, she might've fell asleep. So the Romacks continued to hang out with their friends and they, got home approximately at 1.35 a.m. They arrived and they saw the blinds were open, the shades were open, and the front door was unlocked. They walked into a horrific scene. Um, Jeanette was found on the floor laying in her own blood. She had been violently raped. Her legs were spread. There was blood. She was stabbed several times with a pencil. And she had... Uh, electrical cord wrapped around her neck and um the cord was cut so the iron wasn't near her the sight was terrifying and uh, the mother and she ran up the sta- up the stairs to check on greg to see he was unharmed and he was just sleeping he was oblivious to what happened obviously he was three um robert mueller was a suspect he was uh good friends with with ed romack uh, of the owner of the house they, they had told police that um, that uh, Robert Mueller would make comments about uh, Jeanette saying uh, about her being a virgin and he knew intimate details about the murder. He actually passed a polygraph test and the jury found him innocent. Another creepy thing was that night that she was babysitting, Robert Mueller's wife had asked Jeanette if she could babysit their kids that night. But of course, she wasn't able to because she had a prior commitment. Um, so, yeah, there was no signs of force entry, which is, you know, you obviously knew the person that came in the house, in my opinion. 
Um, but there's no proof that Robert Miller did it. But there's several things to say he did. At the time, there was a series of rapes. And um, the man was always, he always had a mask on. And um, ju- this just so happens to be that um, Robert Mueller was interested in theater and he used to make masks. So it's pretty evident to me that he probably did it. And this wasn't the first rape and murder in the area. So four, four years prior, in 1946, a woman named Mary Lou Jenkins was uh, brutally murdered very similar way that Jeanette was. Uh, Mary Lou was at home alone, and um, she was less than a mile away from the Romac residence. I mean, there is no hard evidence, but I feel like this is enough to convict this man. He seems like a piece of shit either way. The next urban legend is actually true, but there's obviously different versions of this, so I'm going to give you this one. This is called The Body of the Mattress. So a couple, um, they go to a motel in the middle of nowhere and um, they get into their hotel room and it smells. And right off the bat, they contact the, the room service and they're like, this room smells. And they're like, sorry, we can't do anything about it. You know, it's just probably just old. You're going to have to deal with it. So frustrated, annoyed, they end up staying there for a couple of nights because it's the only hotel, I mean, motel in the area. So the third night, they, they can't they can't be there. They can't stand the smell. So they they tear up the sheets. They're like, what is it? Is it under the bed? Is it is it the sheets? Like what? And they realize there's a fucking dead body in the mattress. Somebody cut the mattress with the razor blade and stuffed this body in there and it was decomposing. So I Googled this. I did my research. This has happened several occasions. This has happened in Las Vegas, Missouri. This has happened in Newark, New Jersey. Of course it happens in New Jersey and Florida. I mean, come on. I expect that. Um, so yeah, this is true. The next one is also real. It's called The Corpse Mistaken for a Halloween Decoration. So I did my research on this, and I found at least 10 stories about this. So I'll give you the first one. This woman actually committed suicide um, near a busy street um, the night prior. So she she hung herself 15 feet um, in the air from a tree, and this is late October so people thought it was a Halloween decoration over 12 hours went by without anybody calling the police then finally someone said I don't think this is a Halloween decoration I think it's real so the police went to go investigate and sure enough it was real one that I heard when I was a kid yeah I had a fucked up childhood I heard about this boy he was working at a haunted house he was younger he was like 14 and they put him in the coffin coffin section where he sits in a coffin and he jumps up and scares people. Well, he was bored, so he decided to walk around the haunted house and he found um, the gallows, you know, where they hang people. And he was like, you know what? I think it would be scarier if I took the skeleton out of the noose and I put my head in it. So sure enough, he did. And he scared a couple of people until something went wrong and he actually fell and he was really hanging and people went by thinking he was acting 
So people were like, wow, that's so scary. And then they found him later that night and it was pronounced an accidental suicide, basically. Well, is it an accidental? No, he, yeah, I guess he accidentally killed himself. So it's an accidental suicide. Um, so I heard that as a lad. What's the next? What do I have on this list? I have so many. The Vanishing Hitchhiker. So this man is driving in the middle of nowhere and he almost hits this woman. She's beautiful. And he stops to say, I'm so sorry. And um, she's like, can you please give me a ride to my house? He was kind of startled and was like, uh, sure. Like, where do you live? It happens to be on the way. So she was like, I haven't been home in so long. And um, he notices like the car is freezing and she's kind of quiet and pale. So he drops her off. And he notices, oh, she left her scarf in the car. So he looks up. She's nowhere to be found. He didn't even see her open the door. So he takes the scarf. He knocks on the door. A guy answers the door. And he goes, hi, sir. I just dropped your daughter off. Um, She left her scarf in my car. And the guy takes his hand, takes the scarf. And the wife is behind him. She starts crying. He was like, this is my daughter. She was killed five years ago in a car accident. She was buried with this scarf. Ooh, that's so creepy. I heard that as a kid too. This urban legend fucked me up. And to this day, I still look behind my seat. So this is just called the killer in the back seat. So it goes something like this. This girl um, is coming home from for college break and she's driving to her parents' house two hours from her school and she's almost to her parents house when she notices a truck keeps flashing his high beams at her and she's like what the fuck go around me he's honking and flashing honking and flashing she's like i don't understand why what the fuck is this guy doing she speeds up and he keeps speeding up flashing and flashing and beeping and honking she calls up her mom and says listen i'm almost home but this guy keeps he's harassing me. I don't know what he's doing. This is really scary. Can you please come outside? I'm almost home. So she gets home and the mom already called the police. The police are there and the police stop the truck and the police say, get out of your car. He goes, I'm not the man you want. There's someone in your back seat. There was a guy in her back seat with a fucking knife. And, um, Every time this guy was about to kill her or, like, cut her, he would flash his head beams to, like, make the guy go down. So he ended up actually saving her. This is really fucked up. I have goosebumps. Um, I have so many on my list. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. This one I heard as a kid. Uh, this lady went shopping at a mall, and she goes out to her car, and um, she notices there's someone in her back seat. An old woman sitting in her car and the woman approaches and she says excuse me what are you what are you doing in my car and the old woman goes oh I, i'm so sorry i i got lost and uh, i just needed a place to sit do you mind being so kind and driving me to the bus station well the lady was very suspicious and she was like uh yes i actually forgot something in the mall you know stay put i'll be right back well, the woman went to go get the security guards and she comes back and the woman's purse is in the car. 
with a fucking knife, rope, and just stuff to kill someone with. She was really freaked out by it. Body in carpet. So in this urban legend, this is true. Um, a group of broke students were in New York uh, by Columbia University, and they they needed a carpet for their new apartment. So they went thrift shopping on the street. So they found a rolled up carpet. They saw part of the color, and they're like, "Great, let's pick it up." Wow, this shit's heavy. So they pick it up, they bring it to their house, they unroll it. Yeah, you got it. There's a fucking body in there that was decomposed. Um, I heard it's true, but like, I feel like I would look in it already. Maybe I, I've seen enough mafia movies to know that they store bodies in carpets and whatnot. So I probably wouldn't pick up. Oh, and not to mention bed bugs. So I would be more concerned with bed bugs than a body because it takes that long to get rid of them. Not that I have ever had them or have I. Maybe that's another episode I could talk about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there are some urban legends there. I hope I gave you that spooky shit that you were so desperately searching for. Because you know what? I love that spooky shit. I love that spooky shit. I love all of that spooky shit. So, um, thank you for listening to this episode. And, um, I'm not sure what, uh, next week's episode is going to be about. Something gory, something gross. I don't know. That was your weekly dose of D and I hope you enjoyed it. Big D.